The Burgerkrieg Productions 15 Minutes of Fame podcast features the KWE from the New York City hardcore band Point Blank. Here's their song Trapped in My Head. Season three. So I'm already fucking it up. I'm fucking up the intro to my own fucking show. Season three oh. of the Burger Creek production, 15 minutes of fame podcast. I have an extremely special guest from Point Blank in New York City. I got the KWE, a, a man of high energy and fucking a lot to say. Welcome, man. It's it's good to have you on here. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Hell Appreciate yeah. It. Now, one thing that I noticed, you you shared with me some great like concert footage, right? Of of the band playing live and I got to say, y- y- you command the stage. You're like this wild conductor. I got to know, what, what is the secret? H- how do you do it? Are you channeling a fucking entity? Like, tell me, what, what's the key? It's, there's, there's no, there's no, uh, it's just me, man. That's it. That's all I can tell you. It's just me. Now, this 52 year old guy, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's, it's, it's one of those things, man. It, it always marvels me because it's like you look at some of we'll, – we'll call them we'll call them veterans, right? You look at bands like Iron Maiden. They've been doing this for fucking years. Bruce Dickinson still prances around and saying, the motherfucker's flying planes, right? In the same sense, you, you have – you've got the energy, and it's like it's admirable. It's almost one of those things. I'm sure you've seen it. You play with bands that are a little younger than you, a little older. They just, they don't bring the noise. So I always appreciate it when I see bands do that. You bring it, you know, it's raw energy. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, it's, I, I didn't, I'm not, uh, I didn't find the fountain of youth. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's just, that's just me, man. I got a lot of energy. That's, that's how I do it. I mean, it's just, it's there. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, to be honest, I it's it's I you know what you were saying before, like yeah, there are and, and this is not like a knock on any other band. Everybody does what they do. Oh yeah, but, yeah. Uh, definitely those those that can uh amp it up a little bit, you know, uh guys that or gals that just stand around, you know, that's not my thing. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. You know, I, I I I got the energy, man, and I just I just go with it. That's it. That's it. It shows. Now your your performances Obviously, it shows a lot, possibly from like your influences. Now, tell me what was your first rock and roll show that you saw live as a kid? First rock and roll show was Kiss in '79 at Madison Square Garden. Was, I was ten years old. Were you, how are you not deaf right now? Uh, yeah, man. Let me let me say something about that real quick. You know, when I think back to that show, when they had, now this is 79 now, this is why I think about this, with the pyrotechnics back then, I was at Madison Square Garden, 10 years old, I was sitting way 
in the back in the upper deck, <laughs> the nosebleeds, right? And when they used to have the, when they had the, I mean, they still do it all, but the fire, I felt it all the way back there, okay? <laughs> and I'm going to say, I don't think things were safe back then, but now I think things things are a lot different with, with the fire and pyrotechnics. But, uh, yeah, man, it was it was loud. It was, it was, it was a lot of things. It was, like I said, that fire stuff was, like, unbelievable, man. I couldn't believe it as a 10-year-old kid. And like I said, I think back, and I was like, You said that was 81 or 82? Uh, the Ramones was, uh, it's like 80, 81, whatever it was. Okay, still, I mean, Christ, you're talking two, you're talking either either end of the century or Pleasant Dreams. I mean, it's still, it, I'm pleasant fucking... Dreams. Definitely pleasant Dreams era. That's, that's uh, <sighs> definitely what that was. That's... Um, and, then, and I feel they were still, they were still good. <laughs> <laughs> now... Well, I mean, I, I, Listen, I won't say they were really, you know, they were bad. It's the Ramones. But yeah. know, as, as everybody, they played and played it, and after all, you know, it wasn't the same. And obviously, band members left and whatever. But, uh, yes, yeah, so I think I I seen them uh, at, at a good time. Definitely at a good time when they were, when I saw them. So, um, and I saw them many times after that, too. But, right. So, after you left... What was the difference between you walking away from that Kiss show, other than you know feeling the heat from Pyrotechnics? What was the difference between walking out of that show versus leaving a Ramon set? What was like? How did that hit you differently? All right. Well, Kiss Kiss was obviously uh, uh, a cartoonish yeah. right band. Yeah. Uh, although, as an older person now, li- uh, listen back to uh, Kiss music, um, you know, it, it stands the time. It's not like it's, they, they they were garbage. They weren't a garbage band. They were no. Listen, they were they were they were the shit. I mean, come on. Um, Musically, I w- can we say they were the best? Uh, maybe not. But at that time, as a little kid, again, it was a show. Because I remember, like, watching, like, Just Meets the Phantom, when it was that, 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 that TV show, you know, like, it was just very cartoonish. Mm-hmm. Ramones, um, you know, because my punk, my punk thing, you know, started early, and the Ramones, I- I'm not going to say the Ramones, like, uh, blew me away. The, 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 they, they were very good. But still, I'm young, and the Ramones were, I'm not going to say they were cartoonish either, but, because uh, 
once I got into hardcore, things really changed. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, so, like the Ramones, like I said, the Ramones was something that I was I was looking to get their signature on my on my record. Like I thought that was a thing. Oh, the Ramones, I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna get a signature. I mean, when I got into hardcore, I'm not looking for anybody's signature, man. I'm slamming around, jumping with all these people. I couldn't care what I'm not signing people. No cares about signing anything. Because I don't think they're like uh, rock rock stars at that point. I, I kind of thought, you know, Ramones were kind of rock. I was, you know, young and rock starish. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, so Kiss was cartoonish. Ramones rock starish. Again, I'm still young, and you know, um, you know. So it didn't it didn't actually like blow my mind. Mm-hmm. Not that band. The Bad Brains blew my mind away. That's something different. <laughs> I mean, intensity. We are talking about intensity earlier, right? Uh, Just raw yeah. energy. I can't I even mean, imagine. Sure. Energy, uh, the sound. Uh, forget it. I mean, you know, yeah. now think of those kiss, Ramones, and then watching the Bad Brains. I mean, come on. That's Are you a, kidding me? It's a spectrum, dude. It's You're, you're running the – that's like the ultimate gauntlet of just – Rock and roll. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and I hate to say, but the fucking bad brains blew them all away. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know. Well, music, yeah. musicality-wise, it's like I unfortunately I haven't had the ability to see Bad Brains. I've only seen HR, like kind of his more recent iteration, uh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. but like from what I've heard, basically they were more or less untouchable at that at, at that period of time as far as musicality, speed, intensity, raw talent, all that shit. In that scene, it was just... 1,000%. 1,000%. 1, 1, uh, and, and, you know, the one thing that's never really mentioned is that, I mean, obviously, uh, they were black, all right? So mm-hmm. let's, let's, let's understand this. Like, hard, punk, hardcore, there wasn't... I'm, I'm from New York. We, we didn't have a lot of black... Kids in, in on this, they, they, you know, there were, but not a lot at all. Mm. And then you see these black guys just blasting. I mean, like, what? <laughs> what the hell's going on here? Like, this is incredible. You know, this is just like, you know. And of course, then they, you know, once they went into the reggae and you know, the red rock and all that other stuff, whatever, whatever. But still, these people look like black. These black guys are just blowing everybody away, blowing everybody away. <laughs> I mean, I honestly, when I, I was, you know, again, I was young, I wasn't looking at them. I'm just saying this now, but I wasn't looking at them when I was a young kid because they're black. Like I, the black wasn't really it wasn't really a factor. I didn't see. Right. I was like, come on, that 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 wasn't a thing. I'm saying now, thinking back though, like man, you know, it's like going back in the '60s and watching Jimi Hendrix. Like just, you know, mm-hmm. come on, it's like, you're blowing everybody away. Like come on, are you kidding me? Crushing. Like, what's not serious? Yeah. 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 It was it was, was mind blowing for sure. Now, obviously, you know, we're talking. You know, your kind of the first shows and stuff like that. You know, your experiences. Like I, I use that phrase, like kind of running that rock and roll gambit. You know, between those three bands. Now, was your family? I, I, I'm guessing you were taken to see Kiss from someone in your family. Were they? Did they help with your journey into rock and roll, or was it, was it kind of like a full pa thing? Like, what was that like being as where you grew up? What was your family like? What what kind of role did they play in your growing up into rock and roll? Okay, so the Kiss thing. Wasn't wasn't my family. It was actually my neighbor. My neighbor David Wanky's mom got the tickets. Um, I went with him, his mom, and his, his sister Kathy. And the funny thing is, we went to when we went to that show. His mom stuffed uh, uh, toilet paper or whatever tissue into her ears because again, we were saying you know, it was loud and we go deaf. It was kind of funny watching watching his mom uh, 
Louisville sitting in, and we said these things sitting out of her ears. But anyway, um, <laughs> music, musically wise, I think like in my in my house, my household, uh, I lived in an apartment with my parents. Uh, kind of just like live, uh, uh, listen to like the oldies stations, you know. Uh, music. What happened for me for music was basically hanging with my friends. Uh, my punk rock hardcore journey basically stemmed from again my friends uh, getting into the Ramones, right? I got into the Ramones, but then the hardcore thing stems from Doug Holland from Kraut and Chromax. He lived next door to me, and he was one of the first to be into that type, you know, into that scene. And again, he's a let's see, four, this is five years older than me, but uh, him playing the music outside. We were two two apartment buildings, and we shared a common court, courtyard. Mm-hmm. So he would blast the music from his from his room up on the fourth floor, and when it was playing in the courtyard, it, it reverberated, and you could really like hear the stuff. And I was like, "What the hell is that? What is Doug playing?" <laughs> you know. Now again, he's he's older than me, but you know, he's he's a neighbor. We're, we're neighborhood kids, friends. You know, all our parents know each other. Blah 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 blah. But you know, he's playing this music. And I was like, "What the hell?" And, uh, you know, I used to chat with him again, you know, this and that when he was outside, whatever. And then I go to his apartment, and into his room, and start playing the music. And I was like, whoa, you know, this is more than the Ramones, you know? Yeah. And once he started, like, once he started Trout, forget it, you know? And then he got other people into it. I mean, we had, he was in that in that apartment uh, next door. Uh, in the same building, uh, two floors down was Billy Phillips, who was the original singer for Urban Waste, and it became made to conflict. I mean, so there's like two guys right there. Jeez. Uh, across, uh, or diagonally across the street from me was Eric Casanova, who, well, I'll let them argue it out, but for, for all intents and purposes, he was the original singer for the Cro-Mags, okay? <laughs> uh, another, another pivotal person in my in my whole uh, punk rock, hardcore uprise was uh, Jimmy G, uh, James Dresher. Yeah. Uh, because... Jimmy played roller hockey with my brother. No shit. So it all, it all, we're all connected somehow. This whole thing. That's you know? insane. Yeah, yeah. So those those guys were kind of you know were the influence that they were playing for the scene. Uh, as my parents again, they were listening to you know the oldie station. And nothing, nothing. I wasn't really getting anything out of that. Not really. Mm, you know. Right. But, How much of the legend of CBGBs is true? And that's a very open-ended question because I want to see how you answer this or how you take that. Take take that for what it is when I say the legend. It could mean any fucking number of things from the filthy-ass men's room to the rickety stage to j- any and all of it. How much of the legend of that venue is fucking true? All of it. <laughs> that means all true. Everything about it. That place was... You know, it's funny because... Um, during, during the pandemic, right? So we, we all had time off and, uh, point blank had the opportunity to take advantage and I'm sure the bands too. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not, but we, we took advantage of, we, we wrote a couple of new songs during the pandemic, right? So while we're, we, we can't play, so we, we wrote the music. Um, so one of our songs, cause Dan, Dan, my guitarist, Dan, now understand Dan, uh, is, was the original guitarist for Underdog. Okay, so this huh. is give you where we're all from, right? So, um, so Dan, Dan, while we're coming up with songs and ideas, whatever, he says to me, "You got this song, blah blah." He says, "You got to write a song about CBGBs." 
So I wrote a song. It's called Memories, uh, and it, and it's 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 about my all of us that were there. You know the times that we had at CBGBs and thinking about uh, you know all the good times and blah 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 blah. Uh, in the song, it never mentions CBGBs, but um, it, that's that's what the whole hmm. song and the premise is about. So when you're asking me, you know, it, it's it was everything and and and, and more. Hmm. I mean, it was just. And again, maybe I'm by, you because know, I was there, you know. Uh, but you know, especially, I hate to say because I don't like the different times, you know, '80s to '90s to 2000s, because everybody had their time, and when everybody comes in. Hey, that's when they got in. You know, I'm not saying I'm better because I was there during the first wave, whatever. But my thing about being part of the first wave is that we set the tone, we laid the groundwork, uh, we got beat up, we took the bruises. I'm not saying people didn't later on, but, you know, when it was fresh and new, everybody, you're punk, you know, what's wrong with you? There's something wrong with you. You know, you, you, you're the scourge of the earth, you know, you're no good. Mm -hmm. So we, we took care of that for everybody else as they come along. Because, like, now... You know, I'm I'm not saying people aren't getting, you know, picked on or whatever, but listen, this day and age, you got tattoos? Yeah. Right. So many people have tattoos. Like back then, nobody had a tattoo. If you had a tattoo, right, first of all, either you were from jail, right, you came out of jail, or you were somebody that was like in, in the Army, in the Marines, or something like that, mm -hmm. in the Armed Forces. But nobody had like tattoos, right? Mohawks, colored hair, all that good stuff. Now, like everybody's got, I'm, I'm not marketing, but who's got a tattoo? Come on, everybody. Movie star, basketball, football, everybody and anybody. Who's got the different color? Everybody. It's not even, it's not like it's not even a big deal. There's no shock value. I'm not saying you need the shock value, but I'm just saying back then it was, you know, you look then like, what's wrong with you? Is there something wrong with you mentally? <laughs> I went for you in a freaking. Uh, Mental institutions, you know, like like uh, mental institu institutionalized and talk to from mm -hmm. uh, suicidal uh, suicidal uh, tendencies like yep. that, like just wrong. But no, CBG was just all that, man, all that. It was it was for me, and I'm not a religious guy at any stretch of the imagination. Mm -hmm. But now, originally it was it started on Sundays, but on Sundays the matinee that's my, that was my church. <laughs> that was my church. That's, That's fucking awesome. That's why I learned. That's it. That's why I learned. So, from the footage that I've seen of Dave Insurgent, you almost have this, you're like a wizard. And, and it's awesome. Like, you, you capture it. And would you say you're, what do you, would you say you're 50 right now? 50 years 52. old? 52. 52. Fuck, you don't look a day over fucking 20, man. Like, you, you uh, thanks, Jesus. But no, I, I wanted to talk about basically the transition of the the releases so far i've noticed almost it's almost like the songs have gotten faster in a sense now and and i'm just basing this off off of in particular negative to positive trapped in my head and then looking at the songs that were from that original seven inch right the original i guess like if you want to call it an ep that self-titled ep so was there something that happened along the the way in the songwriting process, or is it just kind of this natural flow? Like because it's kind of it's night and day, and not in a bad way, but it's kind of night and day. Like that first record is like it's solid, and then everything else is solid. It's I'm just wondering if anything shifted during that point between now and when that was put out, because that was released what 2015. 2015 was the EP, and then 2016 we actually put out a CD. Okay. Um, 
which is different songs than on the EP. Um, as as far as the the progression in the music, the first two releases was with all the original guys that we had. So it was like me singing. Uh, Dan at the time was playing bass. We had uh, Matt was playing guitar and Shuffles was on drums. So the first two releases, which were on Not Like Your Records, um, were, were, were that's the four core there. Um, what you hear now, the negative to positive, uh, and uh, what's uh, the else? Let me just put out. But in any case, what you hear now, um, so now we have Dan shifted over to guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, we were in Frank is on bass, and now we have Keith on drums. Okay. Um, I mean, to be honest, for the most part, most of the songs were written by Dan from the beginning, from the onset. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, everybody, we all, we all, we, we try, we always you know, have a say. Everybody has a say. So we always say to anybody, you know, if you don't like something or whatever, you know, bring something to the table. Let's you know, bring 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 a song, bring a, bring a lyric, bring whatever. We'll we'll you know, let's work this. It's not just not the damn show. Um. So, but for the most part, he he wrote most of the, the riffs. Um. But the song like point point. But we we had um like on the, on the second the second record we had the CD we had like life too short is a a point blankish type of it's a it's a heavier uh, song, um, and and I I would probably say that more goes towards our drummer shuffles, um, and even even uh, Matt because they were both, both more into into the metal side. Oh, okay, we're not, we're not really a metal band. We're not you know we can't metal, but uh, those guys were like like Matt Matt is the Matt is the, is the biggest Iron Maiden guy. Are mm-hmm. you kidding me? Love, love that stuff. Um, so like Shuff, Shuff was a uh, a double, well you get the double pedal. You don't actually have a double bass, but it, double pedal, so you get the double bass sound. Yep. Um, he was you know into that. Um, so that's where that that heavy you know that heaviness would would come from. Um, you know the songs now. I I, I mean again like you know we, we've been we've been because I I don't say we're we're an old school band like I don't say that's that's our sound I don't say anything we just. We, we, we come up with the music, it comes out, and then people will say, hey, you sound like, you know, from this band or from that band from right. a long time ago. And I, and I would answer, well, it just happens to be that myself and Dan were from that era. So we, we definitely draw our influences then, but we don't, like, go out of our way to, you know, I want to sound like a bad brains or I, I want to sound like an Gnostic Front. That's not, you know, we just, whatever we come up, it's just, that's, not, that's where we're from. Mm-hmm. It just ends up sounding like that. Yeah. Um, but you know, transitioning from the EP to where we are now. Well, first of all, real quick, like the EP and the CD, we recorded uh, basically. The payment was beer and pizza. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So now the, the our new album, which hopefully comes out at the end of the year uh, on on what the fuck records, um, we went to a a, a real. Studio, we paid real money, uh, so it's it's it's. I'm not saying it's it's going to be slick and polished that it's you know it, it's over, but uh, but you know 
so that that helps in the sound, I, I would think, because the other one is like I'm not saying like we record in in, in in the backyard. But no, it sounds again, good. It sounds you know, good. We've come we've come a, a long way, so I think we, we definitely felt like we need to step our up our game. Okay, we can't we can't just do recordings for pizza and beer anymore. We actually have right. to spend money. I mean, we got away with that for a little bit. Now, you know, we gotta we gotta pay. So uh, I think sound is much much better. Mm. I, I don't. I'm not gonna say the old stuff was not good because it it, 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 I think it's good. Yep. But at times, obviously, we all progress. You know, things change. Everybody, any band, you know, little by little, they start to change things. Uh, but I don't think like our direction, like we're going out of the direction, like we're going way off, like in another in another zone. Mm. I, I still, I still got that as a whole. I mean, listen, negative for positive. To be honest, that song. The influence of that song is the mob, 100%. That's a mob song. Uh, the song is dedicated to Jack who passed away. So, I mean, the song, it, it's a mob song. It's, it's mob style. There's, I mean, that's a mob style song. So we, the fast, that's that's it. Uh, slow down. I'm trying to think what kind of songs we actually have. Well, we have Make a Difference is, is, is a slow Slow song, right? It's one of our slow songs. We have a lot of songs that are fast, you know, bang, bang, bang. We're out the door. Let's go. Next. I'm going to give you the the opportunity. um, If you want to plug anything, I know you got the new record coming out uh, at the end of the year. If there's any other things you want to plug, where people can listen to you, where they can buy your your, uh, the records, t shirts shit like that, I'll give you the opportunity to, to plug whatever you'd like. Okay, yeah, well, our, uh, our record, the EP, which we still have, uh, well, we, we, we actually sold them out, but then we, we uh, the, the original record label we were on had some leftovers, so I ended up buying buying them all out from that guy, so now I have, well, whatever's left, I have the record, so we, we, we originally sold them out, we were only holding on to a few records when we played uh, outside shows, but so now everything that we have, we got the 7-inch EP, we got the CD, and I have uh, some new style shirts. Everything can be found on pointblankneoparkour.bandcamp.com. Uh, you purchase there. Um, I'm always, you see me, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, always doing, you know, selling on my on my own, if you want to say, you know, out of that nature too, just to, just, you know, whatever. But for the most part, everything's on, on the Bandcamp, uh, on the Bandcamp site now. Uh, the album, as I said, we, we end up now, we switch labels, we're on a different label now. And that'll be coming out, I hope, uh, in the winter time. And when I say I hope, it's only because vinyl is it's it's back. I don't want to say it's coming back because vinyl is back. Because uh, we're putting out a twelve inch. It's also going to be on a a, a digi pack CD, whatever the heck it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, like the vinyl, it's, it's a lot of the plants are so backed up between the COVID. There was some plant I don't remember where it was that burned down last year. So like I know. A lot of the records, the vinyl, everything is like pushed back. Um, so we're hoping. We got to fingers crossed. We're on our end. We got to put it all together. We have uh, custom art by the guy that actually our shirt. So his name is Bobby Draw Skulls. So you can find him on uh, Instagram and check him out. Um, so he he drew the cover for the new album, and uh, I got to tell you, he he knocked it out, man. He, he, I can't wait for everybody to see this. What this guy did, man! It, this is it's it's, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But uh, so that hopefully again, we're hoping that that comes out uh, towards the winter. We'll see how that all goes. 
Um, we, we, we were originally releasing, we released a few songs on our own prior to Sun to the label we're on now. So we actually had all our music was, the new, new stuff was up on our own site, but then when we signed on, we took it down mm. and we only left a few singles and it'll resurface once everything's packaged together, part of the uh, the new uh, new record label going through them now. You know? So we, we worked that one out. Um, I'll tell you one thing real quick that uh, again, I'm I'm an I'm an older gentleman, <laughs> right? I'm an older guy. Hmm. Um, this music, though, I cannot say this enough. This music is a youth music. Mm-hmm. So the youth have to be involved. Yes. Us older guys have to get the youth involved. We can't like, you know, put them off to the side and, you know, hey, just look at me because I've been around for 50 years. Look, we got to get them involved, right? So in order to keep this going, we got to get the youth involved, right? So now I I, I just want to go touch on this real quick is that with shows, I've been trying, but it's so hard, you know, in New York, unless, unless you do your, because you mentioned the BWF call, it, it's hard. A lot of the venues, uh, you know, what I'm getting at is all ages. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of things, you know, it, it's, it's, it's 21 plus because a lot of the places don't want to, you know, get involved in underage kids and if they're selling alcohol and blah, 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 blah. But it's like, man, I mean, we just played this one show that was in, in uh, Audley uh, at the Sawmill uh, Tavern. That's one of the videos that was just posted up recently. And they were all young kids there. Okay. They're all young, all young kids. I mean, listen, I got nothing against the 30, 40, 50 year old guys. Come on out. We want everybody to come out. But I got to tell you, me, another, looking at another 50 year old guy just standing there looking at me, but come on. Yeah. I got the 18 year old kids bopping, flipping, jumping around. That's that's what we need the energy. You know, we need the energy. You got to get the youth. But it's so hard to get those. I'm not giving you the air quotes. You can't see it. But, you know, <laughs> your ages, you got to, you got to somehow, I'm, I'm just trying to think this. I'm thinking, I'm saying with you, but I'm thinking in behind the scenes too with the band. Like, because there's so many younger bands I see out there that I would love to play with to get to play with it. But how? How, how can I? Mean, it's a tough, it's a tough road with the young, you know, the young. Um, you know, unless you play and listen, anytime, any place, somebody's got a basement show, point blanks in, <laughs> or those. You know what I mean? Those things always kill them. Uh, but yeah, you know, the youth gotta you know, we can't just be old old men. Like you know, come on, let's just be can't shun the can't shun the youth either. We gotta get them in there. Right. You know, so always trying to figure out how where can we get those type of shows going because it feels like because again, like like me, I mean I started I'm ten, I'm eleven, I'm twelve, I'm twelve, thirteen going to see these. Again, it's a whole different time. It's forty forty years ago, oh my god. Forty, <laughs> 40 years ago. 40 years ago, but I mean, I'm going to see these and you know, it was a different, it was, it was different. We used to, I used to go, when you go to shows, age wasn't a problem. Mm. Now, you know, everybody's there's lawsuits, there's all kinds of shit. I know, but can't forget about the kids. I mean, right. You know, no, that's, all, who wants to see, you know, a 50 year old guy just jump around all day. I don't know. <laughs> hey, hey, come see point blank. We give you that. <laughs> so, anyway. My last question for you, you we had already talked a little bit about negative to positive, so I'm glad that you brought this up. And I'm going to ask this a little differently than I was originally going to ask it because you said, in, in, in particular, you said that song is straight mob style. 
And for those who might not know what that means, in the best way possible, how would you explain that to somebody in reference specifically to your track, uh, your single negative to positive, which is going to be on your upcoming record, We Will Rise Again? How would you describe that? What does mob style mean to you? Okay. For me, mob style, first of all, when I say mob style, okay, it's the band, the mob. Style, mob style, let's go! Bust it! Yeah! 